that season, <clears throat> that season um, around our house is always made a little bit special because Kathy lives in the suspense and thrill of Christmas. She will listen carefully to conversations and then she will just kind of get tweaked a little bit about an idea and then the looking and the seeking will begin to find the one thing that will wow someone. Maybe someone in our family, it may be somebody beyond our family, but that is part of the joy that she brings to the season of celebration that we're in right now. The element of surprise is her priority. For that moment on Christmas morning when a gift under the tree becomes the suspense for the moment when the wrapping paper comes off and just, she's just like a little kid. She'll sit there on the floor usually passing out the presents to the family and then she'll watch intently to see our response to the surprise that she has brought to the family. I, I, um, I want to just bring you one story from December of 2017. It was a normal day in our house, as normal as December gets for us. And, and I was walking to our washroom, just a narrow path between her nightstand and the ensuite. And her phone was there, and I just was passing by when I looked down and noticed that my son had texted her. I wasn't intentionally going through her phone. I wasn't snooping for presents. But right there, before me was a text message. I've been... Uh, told that I have ADD, but the jury's still out on that one a little bit. I will say that when something is buzzing, blinking, and binging as I walk by, I tend to get distracted by that. And so, yes, I looked down, and there it was, the text message from my son. I got the watch, Mom. Interesting. <laughs> so I innocently and casually asked Kathy, I said, hmm, what watch did Justin get? I don't know. I don't know if it was a watch that he was going to buy. I don't know if it was a watch that he got for someone else. I don't know what he and Kristen had been up to. But <clears throat> in that moment, the mixture of frustration and confusion gave way to the realization that the surprise had been ruined, and any hope for joy of Christmas 2016 was now hanging precariously in the balance as to whether or not I really did know about this watch that Justin had got. I've been known to play the I know what you got me game, just for the fun of it. But the story gets more interesting than just a spoiled surprise because after the initial shock and 20 questions as to why I would be snooping around during the pre-Christmas surprise gift shopping season, and that's all one word if you want to know, I was defending my innocence to the painful allegation at the moment and, and there we were at a standstill and the reality was settling in that I was aware of the watch. And so I know that it's 1043 on Sunday morning. Let me jump ahead because the plot does thicken. <laughs> Not only was it a watch that Kathy had indeed purchased, they had found this watch on Kijiji. And they had replied to this ad and uh, in the application. So there was no contact information and 
And as the plot unfolds, the watch had yet to be reset. And if you know anything about Apple Eye or Apple Watches, they have to be they have to be reset to the factories to keep people from just stealing someone's watch that was laying around. So you've got to know the password and the passcodes to get these things reset. It it takes, you know, more information than most of us are able to find in a moment's notice, especially when it's not even our watch. So I said, well, can we get a hold of the person that gave us this watch? And they said, well, we did the response to it. I said, well, where did you meet them? He said, well, we met them at the Regent Mall parking lot. Interesting. I said, so we have no contact information. We have no phone number. We've got nothing other than, so I went back through the emails that Kathy had got from this lady through the application. And somewhere in one of those emails, I found a single name. I found Maddie We'll just call her Doe for the sake of anonymity. And uh, so Maddie Doe had sent a response that had her name attached. And and so going with that little bit of information, I began to do the Google detective work. I tried Maddie Doe, nothing. I tried Madison Doe, nothing came up. I uh, tried a few other things and, and finally do... Doing a little more digging, I went back to the spelling of Madison and, and uh, went back through. And finally, I found an obituary of a grandmother that had two children, one named Madison and another named Tyler Doe. Plot thickens. And so, <clears throat> not being able to find any more information than that about a Madison Doe, I tried Tyler Doe. And when I tried Tyler Doe, his name came up with a... YouTube video that had been posted by UMB of this ECMA nominee. Five years earlier, in 2012, he had done a little video clip promoting UMB, and and there in the description of the video was an email contact that if you wanted to contact Tyler Doe to get him to come and do music for you, you could. And so, there's Tyler. And so I did. I reached out to Tyler. I sent him this email right here. I said, hi, Tyler. If you'll notice the tagline, just a shot in the dark. (laughs) December the 14th, 2016. I enjoyed your UMB song and the music video on your website. I have a quick question. Here's the reason I'm reaching out. My wife bought an Apple Watch on Kijiji for me from a young lady named Maddie. However, the Apple Watch is useless if I don't have the passcode to reset and restore it. My son didn't know that when he picked it up from her at the Regent Mall, and now I have no way to communicate with her. Remember, this is out of the dark. (laughs) Because now the Kijiji listing is deleted, and the email correspondence with my, my life, Maddie Doe, came up in the communication title line, but that's all the information I have. You may not have any connection to her, but I found an obituary. That's just... (laughs) Sorry, it was the only... It's the only thing I had. It's my last straw. Named so-and-so of Fredericton, grandchildren, Tyler and Madison. And that's the only shred of info I could find online. You... And this email are the only hope I've got of not losing $250. Like I said, there may or may not be any connection at all. But if there is, feel free to text or reply to this email. My daughter said the girl was too nice to be a scammer. 
So here's hoping this works. Thank you for your time, Jack Lehman. I did not put Pastor Jack. I did not. And so I waited. <clears throat> I waited <clears throat> a day, and I waited a week. Then I waited <clears throat> two weeks through Christmas, and <clears throat> there sat on, I think, <clears throat> the nightstand, the watch, completely useless. But then, on January the 2nd, I got this reply. Hey, Jack, sorry for the slow reply. I had the notifications for this email turned off for a while. I will check with my sister about this and get back to you as soon as I hear back. Hope to help get it sorted. Cheers. It's like, he really is a real person. He really does have a sister. And so, <clears throat> that same day, Maddie replies, I'll jump <clears throat> to the end of the story. We got it all sorted out, met at Jump Plus, got the watch functioning, and <clears throat> without all the extra information, was able to go on and use and not lose $250. Glory be to God. And I think we should just pause and give God the praise for that right now. <laughs> and then I would say, keep giving to missions. Because sometimes the impossible does work out. <clears throat> but if I could go back to that uh, night table courtroom that I was in with my wife in that moment, <clears throat> I'd have to stand in defense of her motives. We don't live with a whole lot of extravagance, we are blessed, but we try and buy only what we need. And some would argue the need for an Apple Watch, and I would argue with you. It's, anyhow. We, we attempt to buy what we need, not just what we want. And sometimes those things can get very crossed in our thinking and in our minds. And <clears throat> so much of what we see in our world around us is people looking for what they want but neglecting the very thing that they need. And sometimes we have to listen clearly for the voice and the hint that gets dropped for us to step in and say, you know, I think you're addressing the wrong thing. You are really looking for what you need and what you need is a God that can save, heal, and deliver. You don't need all the trappings of humanity. You don't need all the things that are promoted. There's, there's so much that is pushed our way. And I think that the desire that people have in their heart for stuff is really a hunger that they have for God. And it's misplaced and misdirected. And so it's in those seasons and it's in those times that God needs a church that's willing to say, we have what you need. 
It's not what you want that you really are after. It's, that's, that's not what's going to solve the hunger that's in your life or the search that you're, ha- that you're on right now. You're, you're not going to be able to solve that with just what you want. You're, here, here's something that you need. What you need is a God that can reach you right where you are. What you need is a Savior. What you need is a God that can deliver. What you need is someone that can reach down and pick you up and put your feet on solid ground. That is what you need. And, and humanity is on this... We don't need what's, what's plastered on the home page of Amazon. And, and we don't need what just flew in on the flyers this week. We, we don't need the latest, greatest gizmos and gadgets. But we do live in a world that is in desperate need of him. And, and I just wonder if someone would testify this morning to the fact that we need a God like that. Our world needs a God that's able to deliver and to, come on, to set free. We are living in a world that needs a God like that. As we stand in a a world that's full of attempts at correcting uh, political positions, they call I just call it a mythical political correctness. We've never seen more wrong. The culture scurries about it, attempting to cut Christ out of Christmas. They want to remove the very reason for the season. And if that was us, if it was someone, think it was a season that you created and and that somebody began to celebrate and then they said, well, you know, this is Jack's birthday, but we're going to remove Jack from this equation. Now, no, go ahead and celebrate. Let's do everything else but, but I'd be like, hold on a minute, aren't Aren't we missing the, mo- the moment here? Aren't we missing the focus? And, and so I, I just like to, I know that sounds a little, keep Christ in Christmas. Is that okay? Quiet it there. Uh-huh. We'll preach that for a minute. We can keep Christ in Christmas. I, I think if anybody needs to push that and, and press that a little bit, it's all right. I think it's okay to say Merry Christmas. I think it's all right. And if that was us, if that was our celebration that people began to remove us from we would probably I I know humanity I I sat across the counseling desk a little bit I I know that people would say well you know what I'm just gonna gonna leave and find someone that appreciates me for what I do or who I am I'll I'll bless someone that values the blesser I'll give to someone that loves the giver that's human nature that's how we would reply and that's how we would respond because we live with these human emotions and we see a limited perspective but God doesn't respond like that to us, come on, to a world that pushes him out of the way. As a matter of fact, God, in the middle of all that, he says, you know, I'm just going to lean in in a moment like this. And instead of leaning back, God turns toward humanity and God goes in. Isaiah said it like this. He said, for unto us... A child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. I'm grateful today for a God that didn't step away from a broken humanity. I'm thankful today for a God that stepped into broken humanity. He came to us. Come on, there's so much in just those three little words. For run to us. God didn't step away from us. He came unto us. When he saw us in our lowest estate, God said, that's where I'm headed. That's where I'm going to go. I am going to reach a humanity like that unto us. The word nativity, we use that word, the 
Yeah, if you looked it up, the definition is the occasion of a person's birth. It's derived from the Latin word nativus, or arisen by birth. It's where we get our word native. The wording uh, uh, that I like for the definition of the word native is this, a local inhabitant. How that God, we, we use that word nativity, but that God came to us. He came unto us. He came unto humanity that was broken. He came unto a humanity that was full of sin. He came unto us. He, he could have leaned back, but God came unto us. He came unto us. You know, <clears throat> it was wise Solomon. He knew that there was a God that dwelt above us. And we understand heaven's his throne and earth is his footstool. And Solomon, even wise Solomon, didn't have the answer to his own question. In 1 Kings chapter 8 and verse 7, he said this, But will God indeed dwell on earth? Will God indeed dwell on earth? Behold, the heaven and heaven of heavens cannot contain thee. How much less this house that I have built. He said, can God dwell, indeed dwell on earth? And, and that was an impossibility to Solomon. In all of his wisdom, with all of his knowledge, with everything that he understood, Solomon had looked around. He understood the vanity and the vexation of humanity. He, he understood how people could fail and fall. He, he understood how people could get sideways. He had to sit in the court and counsel individuals that had made the wrong choices. He was that man that was full of wisdom that people came from all over other all over to bring their problems and their circumstances to him so he had heard it all the walls of Solomon's courtroom had heard all kinds of problems and all kinds of circumstances he had sat while men and women fought with each other and men and men fought with each other and men and or women and women they argued and and how this war between humanity happened he heard every downright low down sin that humanity had ever committed and so no wonder Solomon said but will God indeed dwell on earth why would God pick this place to come if he's got the heavens and then he's got the heavens of heavens why would God a perfect God a holy God why would that God come amongst humanity why would he choose earth why would he choose people that pick the wrong choice why would he choose sinful humanity but will God indeed dwell well on earth why if a god had a choice why would he pick that in verse 30 of the same chapter and verse 39 in verse 43 and in verse 49 solomon petitioned hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place there was this huge gap between heaven and earth there was this huge gap between what solomon knew about god and what solomon knew about humanity and he couldn't draw it together he couldn't connect the dots he couldn't put a line that was short enough that would say here's where i believe that god could come but nevertheless it was in that that circumstance it was in that world that Solomon knew that Isaiah spoke the words for unto us unto us not unto them not gone from unto us unto us and and thankfully Isaiah's prophecy does come to pass John does answer wise Solomon's question in John 1 14 he said and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us 
Solomon said, will God indeed dwell on earth? But by the time we get to John chapter 1 and verse 14, John responded to the ancient question of wise old Solomon. And he said, the word was made flesh and he dwelt among us. He could have picked anywhere. He could have been anything, but rather he chose to come amongst humanity. Come on, apostolic oneness believers. We've got the opportunity and the obligation to preach this like nobody else because we know that God robed himself in flesh and came as a baby in a manger to save humanity. Can God dwell on earth? Oh yes he can. He loves you that much. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. God came unto us. That God unto us. The enemy He's going to always try and arrest a God that advances himself to us word. I, I looked that word up. I was hoping there was some great Pastor Raymond Woodward verse that would tie it all together for me. It is a word. It's there. Us word. It talks about God, you know, that God, his benefits come us word. I was looking for that verse that said God came us word. But that's what he does. When he could have walked away, he leaned in. He came unto us. Unto us. When the enemy saw what God was doing, he thought the sword of Herod could finish it, silence it, end it. But that wasn't God's plan. Egypt became the haven for them, and, and God's plan continued. Why? Because he was intentional. He knew that there was a world that was in need of him, not just wanted him. We needed him, and so God came unto us. Would someone just shout unto? Unto, unto us. When we thought that sin would shun us, shun us and, and shut him out, God came unto us. And the enemy would like to cause us to believe this morning that your sin is your destruction. But I've just come to remind somebody it's not. It's the opportunity that God still brings. He still comes unto us. You say, well, my sin is pushing God away. I'm telling you that your sin doesn't push God away. He's not going to leave you like you are. But God's coming unto you. He's willing to reach. He still came. That, that, that's why he said, and she shall bring forth a son. And thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins why he came unto us he came unto us hmm. why don't you just thank God for a moment if he came unto you I mean if God came unto your circumstance and God found you right where you were in the middle of sin in the middle of degradation in the middle of loss would someone just praise God that he found you where you were The story of the incarnation is beautiful. That God came. That God came is wonderful. That God robed himself in flesh. To, to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. That God came. That's beautiful. It's incredible. It's miraculous. It's majestic. It's, it's an untold. It, it, it's just a love story that, that supersedes every other love story that there is. He's that kind of God today. 
He's a marvelous Savior. He's a wonderful King that God came, but he just didn't come. I, I like that, that, he made it, that Isaiah made it personal, and God, through the Holy Ghost, said, just, just add that God came unto, but unto us. God made it personal. God came right here where I'm living. God came to my address. God came by my house. God came into the middle of my circumstance. God came into the middle of all of my problems, and God came. Come on, before you, before you step out the back door, you better realize that God came unto us this morning the us that's in the room the us that's joined with us online that us God came unto those people this people God came unto us no matter what it is that you're struggling with and no matter what it is that you're fighting in your life this morning I just want someone to know it's not too big that God is going to stay away he is coming unto us this morning he came he came unto us he he came to us that were barren, barrenness in our society, the emptiness in the places where we should have fruitfulness. That those places of barrenness, the, the fruit of the Spirit are void in our society. The appearance and the activity, sometimes it, it looks like the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, meekness, temperance. Come on, we, we, we see a little evidence of it sometimes, but then we're always saying, well, you know, are they really, are they really loving or is that just uh, an Instagram opportunity? Oh, I'm sorry. The fruit of the Spirit are void in our society. Be, be, listen, you've got to have the Spirit to have the fruit of the Spirit. So there's evidence of it. There's, there's people that do the right thing, but maybe for the wrong reason. And, and you know what? I'll celebrate with you. I'll celebrate with you when people do the right thing. And maybe they do it for the wrong reason because at least somebody benefits. But, but something different happens when you have the Spirit in your life and the fruit of the Spirit begins to show itself real. That's when we are operating as the church. And, and that the barrenness in our society, that is what God came to. And, and we could get frustrated and we could say, well, they've got the wrong motive. But guess what? God came to that world. God came into the midst of that barrenness. Why? Because he wants fruitfulness. He wants life to spring up in the midst of lifelessness. He came unto us. In church, before we point righteous fingers at the world, it was the religious that resisted him the most. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. We have got to be careful that we don't have barrenness in our churches. We can be in danger of having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. We could be in danger by speaking with tongues of men and of angels. But not having love. And Paul said to the church in Corinth, he said, I am become a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. We, we don't want to be a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. We don't want to have all of the right oratory. We don't have, want to have all of the right, come on, activity and get that all in order, but be lacking love in our lives. God came to heal that kind of barrenness in us. For unto us. We preach at weddings. We need that. We use that verse. But, but I think sometimes we might need to preach that in our pulpits. Because we can have all those right conversations with 
our level of knowledge, we know what to say. But why are we saying what needs to be said? When we allow our lives to be rooted and grounded in love, it's not just sounding brass and tinkling cymbal. It's not just unintelligible to those that need it most. It becomes a voice in the midst of darkness. That's the world that God came unto us. Come on, saved people, us. God came unto us because we need a little help sometimes. We need a little help. We, we need some, someone just to kind of, I, I tell you what, it's, God just needs to come in sometimes and put some things back in order. He needs to clean house a little bit. I'm not cleaning house this morning, but I'm inviting the Holy Ghost to clean house. I'm inviting, come on, I'm inviting the Spirit of God to, to kind of take a, a, come on, from the top of our head to the sole of our feet, an inward glance, an outward glance, an all-over glance. And, and when God begins to talk to us, then we can't resist Him because we're the ones that celebrate about the fact that God came unto us. But God came unto us not just to save us. God came unto us to keep us, church family. God came unto us, come on, to grow us. God came unto us to help us become what God sees for us in the future. I, I'm grateful today for salvation, but I'm grateful that God keeps on working with us. We are becoming a church that God is calling us to become. God is, that's why he said perfecting. God is perfecting the church, and, and we have got to open the door to say, all right, God, I know I opened the door for salvation, but I'm opening the door so you can keep on working in my life, so you can keep on pulling me closer, so you can keep, come on, so I can go deeper in prayer, so I can go a little deeper in the Word, so I can stay on track and stay on course. I need the help of the Holy Ghost. I need a God that still shows up in my life. I need that God that still comes on a Sunday morning with conviction and challenges me. I need that God to come unto me. I need that God to come in this room. We need a God that still comes unto us. We need a God like that. We need a God like that and our world needs a God like that. We can come back to the music. Paul said, I understand this, that in the last days there'll, be, there'll become times of difficulty People will be lovers of self. I'm just going to hit social media again. Social media. When we're promoting nothing but ourselves. Come on, people. Put a little God in it. Put a little, come on, put a little salvation experience in it. Talk a little bit about what God has done for you, what God has done for your church, what God is doing, the miracles that he's, come on, how he's moving, how we... We gotta, if we've got the platform, then let's use it for the right thing. Not lovers of self. We need to be lovers of God. He said that there'd be lovers of money. Can we just say cryptocurrency platform crashing all around us? Now they're pointing back to corruption and high levels. Really? People with lots of love of money? Carry on. Let's go back to that funny story. Proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Our world needs a God to reach them. Our world needs that Savior. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Our world 
needs a God like that. Our world needs a God that can reach into the deepest and darkest place and pull people to salvation. Our, our world needs a God like that. Our world, our world needs a God that can not dismiss sin, but a God that can wash sin and cleanse lives. Our, our world, come on, our world needs a church that has an active altar where people come and they lay their, their lives down on an altar where they turn from sin and they turn toward God. Our world needs a church like that, but our world needs a God like that. Our world needs a God that that, that it just kind of, he says, look, I know what's going on. I know what's been happening in your life. Our, our God knows what's happening. His omniscience, he knows everything about you. He knows all things, but yet he came unto us, for unto us. It's a verse that we've been speaking many times, and it's our bishop's life first. came up in conversation last week. It comes up in conversation frequently, but the verse states this. It says, and they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places. Thou shalt raise up the foundation of many generations. If there was ever a world that needed a God like that, it's the world that we're living in today. The disarray and the destruction because of the spiritual neglect of many generations is apparent in our world. But when we read that verse, and that verse is the tenant for our church. That, that verse is our mission's statement. That, that verse aligns us to purpose. That, that verse reminds us of why we're here because we do believe that God has us here because we're going to build up the old waste places. It isn't supposed to stay waste. It isn't supposed to stay broken. It isn't supposed to stay in the barren state. Why? Because he came unto us. And when God came unto us, he said, they that shall be of these shall build up the old waste places. So I have this promise that God isn't going to leave it the way that he found it. He's not going to leave us the way that he found us, but he has come to build the waste places in our life. We don't have to hide it. We don't have to throw a towel over it. We don't have to come on. We don't have to sidestep it. We just kind of pull it back and say, God, here's what we're dealing with here. Here's the waste place in my life. Can you rebuild that? And God says, he tell you, tell you what, He's coming unto you in that moment. He's drawing nigh. He's coming near because He can heal. That is why that verse is there. They that shall be of these shall build the old waste places. Our world needs a God like that. Could you say that little sentence with me? Our world needs a God like that. One more time. Our world needs a God like that. Come on, own it. Our world needs a God like that. One more time. Our world needs a God like that. Come on. The neglect, the loss of many generations isn't going to be left fallen. God is rebuilding. There is a building program happening because he came unto us. Those places will be rebuilt. Those foundations will be restored. And they will be raised up because our world needs a God like that. He said we'll be called the repairer of the, of the breach. He still 
restores the broken. Our world needs a God like that. A restore of paths to dwell in. The impossible pathway becomes the place to dwell. He still prepares a table in the presence of our enemies. Our world needs a God like that this morning. Our world needs a God. It's not optional. It's not, it's not well, you know, that's something that we do on Sundays. No, no, no. This has got to become our life focus because our world needs a God like that. For unto us, unto us. Would you stand together with me this morning? I know we brought a number of things across the table today. But I'm wondering if someone would just lift your hands and say, God, I need you in my life this morning. Come on, we... God's working in this room. God's working beyond this room this morning. I'm grateful. I'm, come on, I'm grateful for the church and, and everything that it does. We've been able to help people financially and emotionally and physically and but spiritually is the real that's that's really where where this comes down we we've got to be a church because our world needs a god like that we've got to declare him we've got to represent him we've got to preach him we've got to teach him we we've got to sing about him we come on we've got to give into purpose and kingdom work and and i'm grateful for guatemala that offering that's come on we're tallying it this morning i don't have a total yet but here's what i know is that your faithfulness is going to change and we don't really just need another orphanage or we don't need another school and we don't just need another building somewhere but we do need a place where the church becomes the church and god gets come on god gets communicated that promise gets delivered to a world that desperately needs it. Why? Because our world needs a God like that. So it's not just giving to build a school. It's giving so a message can be declared. So the word can be preached. So a savior can be celebrated. That's why we do what we do. Our world needs a God like that. Come on. He came to the broken. He came he came to the place where corruption is at its highest state. He came to crashing cryptocurrency. He came to the collapse in the middle of systems that are designed to save us and help us. And he came into the midst of political array. He came, he came into the middle of all. I'll tell you what God did. He didn't lean back. He didn't head it for the back door. No, no, no. God didn't do that. God said, I'm just coming in. I'm coming unto that mess. I'm coming in to that circumstance. I'm coming in as a savior. I'm coming in as a deliverer. I'm coming in to help. I'm coming to raise lives from, come on, from hopelessness. I, I'm coming in. I, I'm coming into the middle of that. I, I wonder if someone would just celebrate this morning that God came unto us this For unto us, a child is born. Unto us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace this morning. Unto us. Come on, it's not just ancient text. It's relevant this morning. Would someone just let him move 
into that seat beside you. But someone just let him move amongst us right now. God, we need your help right here. God, we need your conviction to rest. God, we need that challenge that comes in the Holy Ghost. We, we need that flow to occur. God, we need your voice to speak, your spirit to move, your word to work this morning. Don't leave us, God, don't leave us the way that you found us. pray together. Come on, make it personal. I'm going to open the altar in just a moment. We're going to come, but but God's doing a work in somebody's life. I, I'm encouraging someone to take that step because if God's draw, draw nigh to you, it's because he sees something in you. He, he knows there's a work to do. He knows that somebody here is taking a next step. Would you just, come on, just open your life, open your heart. The greatest gift you could receive this year could be this morning. I'm wondering as they begin to sing, if we could just move out of our seats. Because somebody needs a God like that this morning. Someone needs a God that can heal. Someone needs a God that can deliver.